Welcome to the Racisms Podcast. We're your hosts, Jazlyn and Lisa. We decided that this world could use more cross-cultural conversations that seek healing over division, understanding over ignorance, and a better world overall. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks for joining us for part two of the conversation we had in the last episode, which was Lisa reflecting on her read of the book, Me and White Supremacy. So let's talk about uh, feminism. I did not know that I was supporting white feminism all these years. Uh, We might have talked about this in one of our previous episodes, you know, and, and how I talked about kind of uh, being in college and like being a professional, like I have heard a lot of, you know, um, commentary on how we need more women in the C-suite and we need to like close the pay gap and we need to provide childcare so moms can work. And like, I didn't realize that these were, these were issues that were mostly centered around whiteness and that disregarded the the racial disparities as well. Uh, and this book really opened my eyes to that and I didn't really, and like intersectionality was also a new term that I learned and what that really meant um, because like we, like I can't just push for you know just like the white feminism agenda anymore like I need to also have my efforts in what the you know the black community is talking about what the Hispanic Latinx community is talking about um, because that intersectionality is really important I really didn't give any thought to that before reading this book Hmm. So, I mean, what do you what do you think um, some feminist, non-white feminist um, issues are, or have you learned about? So I'm still learning. I uh, haven't uh, read any books about it yet, but what I've heard from um, interviews is that, you know, oftentimes we talk about this female male pay gap uh, and we don't I don't I haven't paid much attention to like the racial and female race uh, gap so like kind of like the, the the pay gap within females of different races um, and we talk about you know I think white women talk a lot about the c-suite but like we're not talking about issues of um you know pay uh guaranteed pay you know uh people who who need at least you know uh require pre-k you know pre-pre-k is has been shown to like be uh, very beneficial to kids but pre-k is not mandatory across the united states you know and that would be 
that would help out um, a lot of people who need to work and you know don't have either reliable childcare or good childcare to have you know pre-k in public schools um, would help um, a lot of women out read about is about like c-suite is is kind of like disregarding that you know, education, childcare, healthcare, like those are issues that not everyone has equal access to. And you maybe can't get to the C-suite without having like those first. Use that, um, I'm sure there's a lot of issues that I haven't spoken about, but any ones that you think are good topics? I think we... Well, on the pay gap issue, I think we talked about it in our social justice chat. Mm. Um, there's this thing called Equal Pay Day where the, we calculate the time it takes for women to make as much money as a white man statistically. Mm. And the... Women's payday for all women is March 31st, right? But mm -hmm. then if you look at, you break it down based on groups, racial groups, um, Asian women's payday is earlier. It's in February. Mm -hmm. um, but black women's payday is in August. Mm -hmm. And Latinx women is in towards the end of October, almost November. Yeah. And so we talked about that as something that people don't really discuss um, I mean what do you think about participating in non-white feminism like in this area even though your group statistically is in a better position how would you advocate or you know think about all women and women of different groups yeah that is a I do remember that conversation um, you know, how, I would like to know how I could, I would like to educate myself on how I could be a better participant of that group. Um, whether that's, uh, like how much I demand for equal pay in, so let, okay, so let me give you an example. So like, you know, I depend on, uh, teachers I've depended on childcare workers. I've hired people to clean my house. Um, and a lot of them, well, maybe not the teachers, but definitely childcare workers and uh, domestic workers, they've uh, been uh, more uh, people of color than white, white women. Um, and so, like, one way I think I could do better is to you know help demand or help pay people better for their work um and in terms of teachers you know also at you know being a parent maybe with a voice that there's a way to demand that we pay teachers more uh that's one way i i would like to learn more I would like to educate myself on how to do more. 
and also not be white savioring people at, at the same time. Know much about it as well. Like I haven't read many books on feminism, but I do know that historically, you know, the, the national discourse around feminism is more geared towards white women mm -hmm. than, you know, the spectrum of women in the U.S. So maybe maybe that's one of the reasons the feminism thing never really appealed to me. Like I said before, I think we talked about it. If I had a choice between joining a women's group or a black group, I would join the black group because mm -hmm. um, that's more what I identify with. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's it's because of this centering of the white woman in feminism. Um, so yeah, I would like to read more about, read more um, about what, what people of color and black women are saying in, in the area of feminism. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I didn't pay much attention to the that first woman's march, but after reading this book and also listening to some interviews, like I didn't, I didn't realize it was mostly white women at that march. Like I didn't, oh yeah. So <laughs> I just was like, oh my gosh, I'm not paying attention to what's going on in the world because I should have recognized that when that was happening. Yeah. All right, so let's move on to white supremacy and Christianity. Uh, this is a, so we, what we have both said that we um, grew up in Christian households, we are Christian, uh, and... You know, this chapter in the book reminded me of another book. Uh, I'm Still Here, Black Dignity in a World Made for Whiteness. Uh, and it's a, a memoir where the author, Austin Channing Brown, writes about, uh, and this is from, I think it's from an excerpt, excerpt or in the intro in her book. It talks about racism through the lens of a black woman working in the church as well as living in the world. And she kind of puts into words like why I've become disillusioned with the church uh, and its whiteness um, and how, oh, I just, and I also just watched a documentary, I forget the name, but I think it's like, I think it's Christianity and White Supremacy, I think it's, that's the name about the documentary and how like a lot of church practice well okay so I went to an Asian church growing up but the white church and you know we did not and this documentary talked about how the church does not talk about reconciliation you know kind of sweeps all that under the rug to focus on like um on heaven and, and saving and being saved and all like kind of like the positive stuff and like it really stuck out to me how the author in me and white supremacy talks about like the church is like a it's a representation of white supremacy in itself you know where 
we don't talk about reconciliation. You know, we don't talk about, um, you know, really doing anything of depth. It's just talking about, let's just move forward. Let's just talk about, you know, uh, yours, your, your, let's talk about eternity and all the positive things. Uh, and, you know, I've been on mission trips before and how, you know, I'm kind of re- trying to think back, like, were we trying to like white savior people by under the veil of Christianity, you know, bringing them God, but also clothes and language to quote unquote people who need it. Uh, yeah, so I've been really kind of thinking about what me and church means and like you know what would jesus do like what would really jesus do uh i don't think that's a very good question (laughs) because a lot of people yeah i don't think a lot of people know what jesus would do or even (laughs) would or even care a lot Mm -hmm. of evangelicals and evangelicals Mm -hmm. is a code word for white people Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) um i don't think they read the bible i mean i mean that's that's what it looks like to me mm-hmm. and this is a good topic like i kind of wanted to talk about um this as like the most segregated hour because mm-hmm. they they say sunday morning is the most segregated hour in america or the u.s mm-hmm. because you know i my church is not like that my church talks about what's going on mm-hmm and puts it in the context of the Bible and, you know, makes sense of things. Like, I don't, the, I think the church you're talking about is the white church. Mm-hmm. Um, if you wanted to go to a black church, you're welcome. Uh, I, I saw you could, your Facebook post. I want to check it out. Yeah, like, check it out. You might, you might notice a few different things. <laughs> Not just the people in the video, but what we're talking about. Mm. Because, yeah, I think... I mean, people can twist anything to fit their biases, and Mm -hmm. I think that's what's happening in the white church or what I've heard. Like, I don't go to white church. I don't know what they're talking about, but based on how white people act, it can't be good what they're talking about in church. So, yeah, it's it's a difference. Mm -hmm. And um, I think the white church can do and should do a lot better they should start reading their Bible. They maybe mm-hmm. they should partner with a black church, and I think um, uh, the senator that just won in Georgia, the the pastor, mm. they were trying to get on him for what he said. Um, similar to how they they attacked Obama's pastor from Chicago um, about what he said, and you know it's mm. it's a different theology. It's a it's black liberation theology. So we we put the Bible in the context of what we're going through, and what we're going through in the U.S. is not very good. So you know we have harsh words to say about what's going on in the U.S. and people think it's anti-American, but mm-hmm. I mean it's if you call and they call it a Christian nation, but Mm-mm. based on the Bible I read, it's not, mm-hmm. and I think the black church is doing a better job of, you know, bridging what's happening with what's in the Bible and how we should think about it. So Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, that's, that's a, 
It's an interesting topic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that I, you know, it's 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 all fine and good. I guess I don't know. Maybe not. To <sighs> think positively, you know, focus on the saving grace of God. But yeah, everything that's been happening in the world that is happening right now like i just don't i just don't want to believe what people are telling me anymore and it's another point okay so we have the black church that's talking about the issues and what we could do about it you got some white churches that are like condemning black lives matter and Mm. you know all this stuff going on and then you have the christians who are what do they say? So so heavenly bound, they're no earthly good. <laughs> that I just, I literally just texted a friend. We used to be in a um, a Christian group in grad school. And I just thought about him. He's like, oh, I haven't talked to you in a while. How's it going? And in the middle of our text conversation, like January 6th happened. And I'm like, oh, dang. <laughs> Terribleness again. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know. I was like, when he responded, how are you? I was like, oh, I'm okay, I guess. Mm-hmm. He's like, what's wrong with you? Like, you know, basically he said, you know, either people are going to follow Jesus or they're not. Um, you know, what's the difference? I, all I could do is read the Bible or something like that. Mm-hmm. I was like, how? I can't talk to you. <laughs> I just, I had no response. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and while, I, I mean, I understand, yes, if people were more like Jesus, these things wouldn't happen, but you can't, you have to address specific things happening in people's lives. You can't just say, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think about also in the church, in the white church, there is a lot of positivity, a lot of toxic positivity you know like uh we just need to be positive and things will change on their own or you know we need to uh, save more people and then things will change and yeah i i disagree with all that like we need to i would like to be more real about what's going on and i you know really appreciate that your church is talking about what is going on and putting it into the context of what the bible says because yeah, all this like everything's fine <laughs> while everything mm-hmm. is burning is not. Yeah, it's it's so unrealistic that you're just like, are you there? <laughs> like, you know, right? Or like I've definitely had my head in the sand for many years, so I could have been one of those people who's just like, oh, everything's fine. God is good, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, I think yeah. you can do both. You can. You can do both. Yeah. Yeah, you can do both, and you mm. should do both. Mm. Um, so yeah, if you decide to check out my service, let me know what you think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Compare and contrast. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, we should do that episode then once I could, then we could definitely compare and contrast. Yeah. All right. So, um, I just want to like talk about the things that like I haven't been doing, uh, because certainly I'm not. I'm nowhere near there, wherever there is, 
you know, being aware of what's happening, uh, being a good um, ally, you know, being a good uh, person in my group to kind of talk about these issues with. But, you know, I've, I've tried to be active in my community, but I have only attended one meeting uh, and some only on their uh, quote community conversations Facebook group. So, uh, and, you know, we did vote our first African-American into local office where I currently live. First one after I think a hundred or some years that this town has had uh, a local office. Um, and I also really haven't invited others on this journey with me. You know, I say that I try to have more conversations with my family and my friends, but, you know, I haven't really been like, you know, saying that we need to like read about this thing together and talk about it more. About work, like I haven't invited them on the journey to have like this deeper conversation. And, you know, I think that these are things that I should focus on for for this year. Um, because I do want people to kind of know what I know now and not just to be happy enough with, you know, reposting on social media or happy enough intellectually knowing Black Lives Matter or happy enough with, like, the statement they put out, um, but to, like, do more and, and I, I want to challenge myself to do that for for this year. Hmm. okay what's the plan you know you got to write it out i do happen you're right um because layla uh, the the author uh layla saw she does end with that um readers should start making commitments and not empty promises you know it's all well and good to say these things like like i just said but to not do them is maybe worse you know, because people don't want empty promises. Change doesn't happen, you know, with that. So, you know, I, I, I do want to make a plan to have these conversations within that group at work, um, with my family, you know, to have these deeper conversations around what's happening in the world, um, continue to talk to my kids about being anti-racist and not continuing this color blindness uh, that I've been doing for a long time with them. More like, you know, feminism. I need to read more about what the non-white community is talking about. Internal work. Um, I don't want it to seem like I'm doing this so others can see it, you know, uh, because I mean, I do want them to see it in, in the terms of like them joining me, but that would be um, hopefully a private, that's going to be a private conversation that I have with people. Yeah. So how would you describe your mindset, your thinking, your everyday, you know, thinking before you read this book and after you read this book and did the exercises? I think that I 
I think my eyes were open to a lot of issues that I had accepted as being the way it is, you know, the way that white supremacy is. Uh, and I am hopefully more aware of how I'm contributing to this white supremacy by, you know, the thoughts I have, the things that I say, um, It just, yeah, it was just really eye-opening how I realized how much my head was in the sand and me, like, ignoring things and hoping they would go away instead of being more active in helping uh, the the movements and the, um, the things that other people are doing, you know, to be a support, uh, I think I just have a, I have a really big, I think I had a really big mindset shift. Hmm. Okay. And what do you, what do you think are some, some, not easy ways, but ways one can be anti-racist because I haven't read the, anti-racist book Mm. that's been popular Mm -hmm. but I think you know one of his interviews he's like you know you're not one or the other all the time you have to decide Mm. um kind of in every interaction every decision to be either anti-racist or racist there's no in between right so what are some ways you think you've chosen the anti-racist path lately where before you might have chosen a racist path? Mm, I mean, I can think of, I guess, so like the way that I react to news stories uh, in the past has been racist because I've seen, I've seen the story through the writer and the way they wrote it, the way they described the person you know, if it was a if it was a white person, then you know they made a mistake or whatever. But if it was like a black person, then they um, they call them names or they just write it in a way where you're like, oh, of course they're guilty. Um, so I think one of the ways that I uh, that a person uh, and and also myself can be anti-racist in that movement mo- moment um, is to be aware that. They are being written and shown in a way that contributes to white supremacy. Um, There was also this one news story, and this was on TV, uh, where this white woman, this white mom, she was telling the story how one of her children had like tangled themselves up in their seatbelt and was like suffocating Hmm. um and you know she came on the news to like tell people that they need to be careful about their seatbelts and not let their kids play with them because they can like lock into place and suffocate them and and for me i was telling my kids I think I was reacting to it with my kids and my husband in the room like 
like a like a I don't know if a black or brown mom would have ever been able to tell this kind of story on the news because they would have felt in danger. Someone might have called the cops on them for being negligent, but this white mom could come on there and tell this story with no repercussions, even though I was like, you are being a bad mom. How could you let your kids tangle themselves in the in the seatbelt that they get strangled? Like, what? Like, <laughs> I would never let my kids do that. So, you know, things like that were, you know, in 2019, I would have been like, oh, that's a nice story. Um, but in, in now, I'm like, I can kind of see how the news and the media twist things that i don't know i just want my kids to have critical thinking i guess Mm. and that's something different about after reading this book and a lot of other books is just i don't think i had critical thinking growing up Mm. and i want my kids to have that and myself to have that too and those around me so those are like two examples um, where we can just be more critical of our the media and news stories that we read or see and uh, yeah, I think that's the biggest one and you know really thinking learning more about like the systems you know I was s- shocked that um, the US government, was behind redlining i did i mean i knew of this term but i didn't know its origins mm. uh so you know educating myself on that educating myself on the prison system mass incarceration and that our government was behind that too and i'm just maybe those aren't like the easiest ways because you got to do a lot of reading but like to understand that system is really has been really good for me to like again read the stories that I read with like a new lens mm-hmm. yeah yeah and I don't think there's a shortcut to switching off your your mindset of white supremacy because if you grew up here I heard it described as this like White supremacy is like a smog. It, you know, it's it's everywhere. Everyone's breathing it in. It's not, you know, it's not just mm. white people. And, mm. you know, we're all affected by it. Mm. So it's going to take work yeah. to, you know, recognize where we need to improve, read. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, there's no, there's no magic pill. Mm. Yeah, but how how to be an anti-racist uh, is is was one of the books I also read, and that was when I learned about all this like all the systems in place, and that it's a system. It's not just a way of thinking. Like there are mm-hmm. like there are actual systems, and that we can dismantle systems. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that gave me hope that you know we're not just trying to change people's minds, even though we need to. But we need to change the systems and like systems you can identify and policies we can identify. So, you know, that's a really good book to read um, so that, you you know, if you feel like the problem is too big, which it still is a big problem, 
I think he gives very good um, reasons that like it's doable. Like we can identify the anti, we can, we can identify the racist policies around us and vote against them. Um, you know, we can identify the racist policies in our schools that disenfranchise uh, pro- certain populations and we can address them. Um, and so like that's a really good book too. I really appreciate uh, being able to read this book, journal along with it, and then share my my journey, my uh, reflections on the blog, and also here uh, with Jaslyn and all of our and all of our listeners. Um, I definitely still want to do a lot more uh, reflection on this book, and also like Jasmine said, to make a plan for all the things that I committed to doing and not just having empty promises. Um, Jasmine, do you want to? Yeah, um, I thought this was a good conversation. Uh, thanks, Lisa, for for doing this. Um, putting it on the blog and just making it available for others to see. And hopefully, I think it will resonate with some people and hopefully it'll encourage people to start to examine themselves <laughs> you know you can't really acknowledge a problem if you don't see it there so mm. thanks need to you know keep on doing the work um like the author says it's it's not just a 28 day journey um and black people have been dealing with all this stuff longer than 28 days so there's no days off um gotta do it and i just encourage people to not be scared of what they're gonna find within themselves um, you know, I have to come to terms with a lot of the, the, the things that I was taught or the things that I believe growing up and, you know, you don't have to make your journey public, but you have to look like Jason's like, you gotta look within yourself. It starts there. You know, if you don't have the right mindset, then you're going into, you're going into it wrong. You know, it's not either it's not going to be sustainable or it's not going to be genuine. Um, and and I also want to say to others and myself that it's okay to make mistakes. Uh, we don't grow without making them. So how about you, Jasmine? Do you have a Better World Nugget? Uh, yes, Better World Nugget, I think would be to just start. I think we said this before. No matter where you are in understanding of the history of the U.S., the systems in place, white supremacy as an idea or an, uh, you know, a concept. If you maybe you don't even understand what that means, start anywhere. Read a book, Google it. You know, it's it's never too late. And I also would encourage people to reflect after you've read. You know, educate yourself. 
reflect on the past, see where these things have affected you, have affected the people you've interacted with, your family, and make a plan to to be anti-racist, to, you know, be conscious about it and not just say, you know, I'm a good person, um, my community doesn't have any problems. You have, you have to think broader, and I think that's a problem. People just think, they look in front of them, they look at their family, and, you know, we're good. But, you, you know, you live in the society, you should care about what's happening. So, yeah. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Racism Podcast. Before you go, be sure to like or subscribe wherever you're listening to stay up to date on new episodes. And please let us know if you've read and journaled to we, me and white supremacy. We'd love to hear about it. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter at Racism's Podcast. And please check out our blog, racismspodcast.wordpress.com. It's got Lisa's blog entries on me and white supremacy. I also posted a couple of blog posts. I'll be doing that more in the future. But check it out and let us know what you think. Peace, everyone. Be safe.